A newly released batch of emails provide more detail into the events leading to the purchase of a 101 Ash Street. The former Sempra headquarters has become a complex local scandal in which the city essentially purchased a lemon. The building had asbestos, and until very recently, the city was paying millions to lease the vacant building. While questions remain, these latest emails provide the deepest look yet into the series of events that allowed this questionable purchase to be approved. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Jeff McDonald, you remember the Watchdog team. You've been covering this story from the beginning. Let's explain this new information first. What are these new documents, and what did you expect to find when you submitted that PRA? Uh, hi, Daniel. Uh, these new documents are, uh, they were released by the city over the weekend last week um, in response to the Public Records Act. And uh, basically they show that the mayor uh, had been meeting with the building owners as early as 2014, uh, which is a year before Sempra vacated the high rise. Uh, the other thing that I found most uh, noteworthy is that the real estate assets director who was fired in August for her handling of the transaction. Uh, she is on the record as early as uh, I think January of 2015, saying it's not a good idea to purchase this building, which I think is uh, is pretty noteworthy since uh, she's supposed to be the top real estate expert for the city or was at the time. Mm-hmm. And before these new emails were released, what did we know about the series of events that led to the purchase? Like what was the new thing that was revealed in this story? Uh, well, the thing I found most interesting was uh, the access that the building owners had to the mayor. Uh, you and I can't typically get the mayor on the phone or to a meeting. Uh, most people cannot. There are a lot of uh, issues pressing for his time. Uh, but this owner uh, and his minority partner uh, were able to meet with him and discuss with his senior aides uh, possibility of, of, of leasing and or purchasing the property. Uh, the mayor's office downplayed the uh, significance of the new emails, saying that, uh, you know, he's uh, Kevin Faulkner's the chief executive of the city and meets with thousands of people a year on business, on all sorts of business uh, interests and uh, proposals. Uh, so there was really nothing unusual about these meetings. Uh, however, most of the mayor's meetings and uh, discussions and tours don't end up in a, you know, a hundred million dollar plus real estate deal. Mm-hmm. So it seems that there were questionable meetings, but there wasn't anything directly untoward, right? No, of course, uh, nothing untoward. Uh, of course, the terms of the deal came out uh, lopsided in favor of the sellers uh, and the middleman, the Sistera development. Uh, but the mayor and the city has every uh, responsibility, in fact, to explore all sorts of options. Uh, this is a city that was confronting a need for, uh, you know, more downtown office space, and it seemed to be a reasonable uh, alternative. Uh, but as we know from prior reporting, both by the Union Tribune and other media outlets in San Diego, uh, this building was not worth what the city paid for it. The city didn't do its due diligence in looking at the condition of the property. Uh, the lease itself says, as is, in bold letters, capital letters on, on the front page, and the city assumed all liability for the property that was uh, almost 50 years old at the time of the transaction. So it's really inexplicable why the city didn't do uh, more homework in researching the deal, why it agreed to overpay so badly for the building, 
and uh, basically how it handled the property once it signed the lease, which also contributed to the uh, condition the property's in now, which is unusable. And the city's in it for, uh, you know, $60 million plus, and they have nobody working there, and they don't own the building, and it's unoccupiable right now. So there's a lot wrong with this transaction. Mm -hmm. And at this point, do we know who is most at fault for making this decision to accept this lopsided deal? Is it the mayor? Is it Cybel Thompson? Do we know that yet? Well, this city is run by a strong mayor. He's the chief executive. So uh, in the spirit of the buck stopping with him, uh, certainly the mayor would hold the most responsibility for this deal. Uh, that said, uh, the mayor's office is constantly spinning plates and uh, any chief executive has a million things to caretake and monitor and uh, and watch and oversee at any given time. Uh, however, this was a very significant real estate deal that you would think uh, uh, any chief executive would pay very close attention to. Uh, and what I found most curious in this new batch of emails was the, uh, the intimacy between uh, the mayor and uh, the minority owner, Doug Manchester, uh, who's been a big political supporter of the mayor's. Uh, so uh, that's curious. And I think the mayor's office hasn't fully uh, explained that. Mm -hmm. And it seems like uh, these conversations between the people who own the building and the mayor went on for a good portion in 2014. And then um, this other group, Sistera, came in. Can you explain the role of Sistera and kind of how they were the middlemen here? Uh, I can explain what I know and what's been reflected in the documents that have been released to date. But you know, basically they were middlemen. Uh, this is a San Diego development company run by some, you know, influential people, a uh, very profitable company. They had negotiated, uh, actually it was uh, completed in 2015, a similar lease to own deal with the Civic Center Plaza, which is right across from the Civic Theater, right across from the mayor's office and city hall uh, across the plaza. Uh, that, that deal was for about $50 million where the city pays, uh, rent and uh, will own the building in about 15 more years, I believe. Uh, so Sestera put that deal together with those owners. Uh, that deal was happening during some of these conversations on Ash Street. And so I think when the building owners and the city officials were not able to reach a deal, uh, Sestera saw that as a uh, business opportunity and said, hey, we have pretty good relationship with the mayor's office and uh, and the city, and uh, maybe we can put together a deal. So what Cicero negotiated with the building owners was uh, basically an exclusive negotiating agreement uh, mm -hmm. with the building owners to deal with the city to try and affect this lease that ended up being successful. Uh, well, in Cicero's mind, it wasn't really successful for the taxpayers. Uh, and that was Cicero's role. It had uh, sort of a double uh, escrow uh, situation where the deal with Sestera and the city of San Diego closed on the same day and hour that the deal with the former building owners, Mr. Shapery and Mr. Manchester with Sestera. So it was what's called a double escrow deal. Uh, again, very unusual for a civic uh, or a government agency. Um, so th that's, that's what we know about that. Uh, what they brought to the table, their expertise, uh, their ability, their ability to close the deal, which Mr. Shapery was not able to do on his own. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, we don't know how much they got paid. Uh, the city itself admitted to me uh, last week that 
they lost track of about $15 million. They asked Sister for uh, a reconciliation, which has not been forthcoming. Um, so there's a lot to uh, lot to unpack in this transaction. It hasn't really been uh, been fully vetted uh, publicly, uh, and I think it probably will through the courts at some point because the city has suspended the half million dollar monthly lease payments. Uh, that's certainly going to get the attention of the people who lent the money to uh, to close the deal. Uh, you know, when the spigot stops, people start looking around and say, "Where's the money?" Uh, that's where we are today. So it's it's uh, it's a story that's not going away anytime soon. I think it will probably uh, unfold in the courts. Mm-hmm. And uh, going back to the main issue that caused this building to be a lemon, the asbestos, at what point did the people involved in this deal know that this building had a problem? Was it, you know, some parties knew earlier than others? Did everyone discover it at the same time? Can you explain that? Uh I think it's fair to say it depends who you ask, because uh, that's going to be a key uh, point in uh, the legal dispute that's unfolding now. Uh, Mr. Shapery has said repeatedly that he disclosed everything uh, he could uh, and everything he had to the city. Uh, the city consultant, whom the mayor hired early this year, uh, they said that the city did a poor job of uh, evaluating uh, or independently assessing the condition of the building. So. If Mr. Schaefer is telling the truth, of course, uh, I have no reason to believe he isn't, uh, that he provided all of these documents to the city, uh, then maybe the city dropped the ball by not reading them uh, as closely or as thoroughly as they might have. Uh, I think also contributing to the condition of the building beyond its age uh, was the city's decision after it signed the lease in early 2017 to expand the number of employees that were to be housed inside the high rise. Uh, when Sempra was in there, it had 700 employees, 750 employees around there. Uh, the city planned to move as many as 800 people into the building within six months of acquiring it. Uh, that didn't happen in part because once the city acquired the lease, uh, there came some internal jockeying within the city about gets to move into the building uh, i've been inside it it's, it was in pretty nice shape visually it's uh you know it was a world headquarters for a fortune 500 company so and uh Semper spent a lot of money maintaining it millions of dollars uh, over the decades they occupied the building so it, it wasn't falling down it's not falling down today uh however the city's decision to increase the number of employees that would eventually be housed in the building uh pretty significantly by 30 percent or more uh, up to 1100 or so employees that necessitated renovations that started exposing some of the weaknesses as far as asbestos and uh, fire suppression issues. Uh, mechanical problems came to bear, um, infrastructure improvements for um, connectivity and electrical systems for internet capability. Uh, these sorts of things all became more apparent once the city got inside the building. And uh, that's why the renovations dragged on for uh, nearly three years until they moved in uh, several hundreds of employees last December. Uh, of course, the asbestos violations didn't uh, didn't stop. They kept finding new cases of uh, contamination, uh, and and I don't think it's pervasive through the building. Like it's unsafe to walk through, uh, but nonetheless, you can't have a workforce assigned to a building where there's open asbestos violations, which is what the city had and what the county uh, advised the city. Uh, in January. So three or four weeks after hundreds of employees moved in, 
they had to evacuate and that then vacant since January. And that was when uh, people really started asking more questions and, uh, and the city has been, uh, you know, slow to respond. Mm-hmm. So as more information about this purchase has been coming out, has the city made any changes to prevent any further deals like this in the future? Like, are there any new guardrails or anything like that? Uh, not specifically that I know of. Now, I don't cover City Hall uh, full time, so they may have put some new policies in place. Uh, this was a big purchase that required council approval. Uh, so the mayor got council approval back in 2016. Uh, council members have complained publicly and privately that they were not told uh, nearly so much information as they needed to make informed votes on this uh, back then. Uh, they said as much in 2018 when the mayor's office came and requested an extra $30 million for renovations that were unanticipated. Um, as far, so policy-wise, when the mayor does spend money, I mean, he's a chief executive, so uh, the legislative uh, part of the city, the council, has control of the budget and the purse strings, so the council has to approve expenditures. Uh, they're reliant on the mayor's office for information, the same way, uh, you know, the, the president is reliant on Congress for permission to spend money. Uh, so presumably, um, when the council has asked for more money, or in fact, in August, when they, when they were presented this conundrum on how to move forward, uh, the council went late into the night complaining over and over that uh, they were denied relevant information and they weren't going to pay any more money, not one more penny on this building until uh, until they got some answers out of the mayor's office. So uh, I guess that's a policy change. It's not anything that was adopted. It was just what the elected officials on the city council decided was prudent. Uh, so there's that. I'm pretty confident uh, the council's not going to be approving any more uh, expenditures for Ash Street in the near future. Uh, and it'll be up to uh, the lawyers and uh, and litigants to figure out where it goes next to see if the building can be restored to a condition where it's occupiable. Mm-hmm. And at this point, uh, are there any remaining questions or you know nebulous parts about this purchase that uh, you know we still don't know about, or is you know the full tapestry of mistakes revealed at this point? Uh, uh, there are a lot more questions. Um, who got the money is a key question. Uh, the city's position is that uh, they know where some of the money went, uh, but they don't know where $15 million went. That seems um, pretty stupefying by any standard. Dealing with a government agency, that's a big number. Uh, so if that's the case, then that surely needs to be um, explored, uh, investigated. Also, the relationships that are underway and at play in this uh, transaction. Uh, both political and professional, I think, need uh, further explanation. Uh, everybody says follow the money, so that's happening. As I say, when the uh, mayor did make the decision in September last month to stop paying the monthly payments, that's going to put a whole new series of uh, dynamics in play because the, the lenders are on the hook now, but the only collateral for the building, of course, is the building itself, and the loan was for uh, a lot more than what the building is worth. So. That's going to put pressure on the sellers, the middleman, the city. Uh, probably what needs to happen is maybe some settlement discussions on who can pony up how much money to get the building occupiable. Because I think the city, rightly so, probably wants to still occupy the building. It's a it's a good asset and uh, uh, would be a good asset for the city if it were usable. 
but uh, clearly the city didn't do its homework and uh, uh, finding out who got paid and how much would be a good start uh, to uh, relieve the public's you know, curiosity on this question because they, uh, they haven't said or haven't been able to say so far. Mm-hmm. And it's worth noting that, you know, after the pandemic, people are thinking about office spaces differently. So perhaps there's a way to, you know, only somewhat renovate this so you don't have to have that many employees. So it's closer to the way it was back when Semper was inside. Yeah, that could be. Uh, also, uh, you know, the city rightly does need more office space. Uh, some of the work workspaces that the city occupies now are in really terrible shape. Uh, I don't want to say almost as dangerous as, you know, asbestos, but uh, some of the properties downtown that the city occupies are, are really old, like 60, 70 years old, and, and just drab and leaking and elevators break down, and, and they deserve a decent workplace. So that was the whole driving force behind this transaction. Uh, it's unfortunate it didn't work out that way, uh, and it may yet still, so that would be good. Even if people work from home following uh, you know, post-COVID, uh, I think the city still might benefit from having a nice, clean high-rise that's you know, clean and usable and, uh, you know, something the city could be proud of. But uh, that's certainly not the case today. Mm -hmm. All right. Jeff McDonald, thank you so much. You bet. Take care. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix. As voters cast their ballots this month, check out our election coverage all in one place. Our elections dashboard. That's San Diego Union Tribune dot com slash election dashboard. All one word. To support our journalism, go to unionship.com slash subscribe. Until next time.